Welcome to Nathan's Underground Design Experience. The game design podcast featuring real professional game designers. Prepare to be amazed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my underground design experience. Now, as you know, our goal every week is to take listener suggestions and craft them into real polished pitches for video game publishers. So I am frustrated to report that last week after the show, Alicia John and I pitched Illuminati online to a major publisher. And the publisher actually loved it, but said we had to ask permission from the rights holders of the Illuminati. So we went to them and they were not psyched at all. And unfortunately, they they do not want me to have Alicia back on the podcast ever again if I want to keep my podcast. But uh, luckily to replace her today, I am thrilled to be joined by professional video game designer, Dor Peleg. Dor, thank you so much for joining the Nude. Hey, thanks for having me. Huge fan of the podcast. Listeners, you can send in your best, most serious and professional game ideas to garbagebike at gmail.com. That's garbagebike at gmail. Best Dora, would you like ever. to? <laughs> Thank you. It costs thousands of dollars. I'm sure. Dor, would yeah. you like to choose the first suggestion? Yeah, sure. I'm just looking at my list right now. And I think the first one, uh, Grave Digger Simulator. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> what, so, what are you thinking for uh, Gravedigger, Sim? Um, so, obviously you need to dig, but I guess the challenges could be that while you're digging, uh, maybe zombies are coming at you or something. I see. So, this isn't just a regular graveyard. This is a zombie graveyard. Maybe, but that and, and maybe that doesn't go with the Sim aspect of it though because it's not as realistic but That's i don't true. know <laughs> this is apocalyptic um, gravedigger sim yeah but we could just have a different game these could be two different skews and one skew is a serious realistic gravedigger sim and then the other one yeah. is also all, all the games we make are serious and realistic on this podcast so the other one would also be serious and realistic but just in the setting of a hypothetical apocalypse which would make grave digging a lot more challenging because they keep oh, coming for back sure. up. For sure. Yeah, but I would say that on the, on the uh, I guess, non-apocalyptic, non-zombies aspect, uh, just you have a shovel and you start digging and maybe it starts raining and then everything gets muddy and it gets filled back up and you have to deal with it. Eventually your goal is to dig a certain depth so it's ready for a person. And then when they put, once they put him in, you need to fill it, to fill it back up, <laughs> I guess. And then you'll yeah. sit there listening to the funeral and waiting for the next one. Yeah, and and you're trying to... You also have an apartment. You're like a person. Yeah. You're a real person. So, And I'm imagining... I'm not sure if grave digging is a full-time job or not in real life. But I have this PubMed.gov article pulled up. <clears throat> okay. It says, work of grave diggers and health. Abstract... Oh, this is apparently a whole study. I don't know. Uh, abstract, gravediggers have death as object of their work. 
Their activities are painful, physically and mentally demanding, as well as unhealthy. Literature is scarce about this theme. The aim of this study is to evaluate gravediggers' work activities and health consequences. The methodological frame, frame which uh, guided this study was du jour's Okay, blah, blah, blah. A lot of science stuff. This isn't a science podcast, and you yeah, can tell, by the way, I said... We can definitely add maybe the aspect of, like, trying to keep yourself mentally sane while doing that somehow. Yeah, like, you're done, you're, you're done with that, uh, with your work day, and you're back home, and then you need to somehow, you know, distress or something. Oh, this study sucks. Four male workers aged between 45 and 60 were interviewed. That's all. Yeah, they, that's nothing. That's they analyzed nothing. their dreams and frustrations. Okay. I, I kind of want to read the study to prepare for the game, but it's not like... Scientifically, it's a little bit weak, but... Yeah. Huh. Or maybe we can add, when you're, once you're done and you're buried the person, his ghost, his ghost is hunting you afterwards. And you need to escape it for your next day. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, why did you cover me in dirt? Yeah, something like that. That's true. Ghosts would be mad at grave diggers. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, but well, I guess, I don't know if you have like a specific goal in like on the overall end game goal. You just dig graves, that's it. Just dig graves, and... Oh, I know what the goal could be, is that... You want to retire... Mm-hmm. And have a reasonable retirement. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to die. <laughs> and then you... And then get buried by someone else. And get buried by someone else, so you either have, like... A successor that you're going to train and then it's like a tearjerker moment of like now you got to dig my grave buddy or you don't have that and you you dig your own grave and it's like the final boss maybe so you dig a grave and you don't know who is who is it for and then something kills you and you fall in and that's it oh yeah that too or you or you know or you're like dying and you're like well one last grave i got terminal whatever uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. Yep, that'll work. Alrighty. Wait, I think we need to just think of a name, though. Oh, yeah, good point. Or maybe just, like all sim games, I guess, just Gravedigger Sim, I guess. <laughs> Most yeah, sim that's... games don't really have names. I'll, I'll write it down as Gravedigger Sim. Um, You know, the, the discourse of Gravediggers... In this country, shows serious problems associated to physical and mental demands, public invisibility, and/or social devaluation of work. So, that's something I'm definitely not just still reading from that study. Which actually, <laughs> I called it scientifically weak, but it's a case study, and you know those are important too. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know how they can call that a study with just four people, but you know. Yeah. Um, we're gonna move on. Okay, let's move here. on. But that's on the list. That, we might come back to that as our potential that we're really going to pitch to a publisher this week. Mm-hmm. Um, alrighty, the next idea that was sent in by the listeners. This one's good. Yeah. Game 
game where you slowly figure out that you're unattractive objectively. Slowly figuring that out. Uh, yeah. Or it could be it could be suddenly figured out, but that's the listener's suggestion. Hmm. Well, but what's the goal of the game? To to fully figure out? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. You could you slowly figure it out. And then. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like you're walking around. So okay, one thing I was thinking about this is like, have you ever played like a dating simulator? Yeah, wait, sorry, that, that that was too quiet. Did you say yes or no? Yeah, I, I Okay, yeah. yeah, we all have. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, all the normal people in this room have of tried David containing simulators before. But um so th- those games are like usually mechanically really weird and like for me go back to my time on Newgrounds and stuff, like playing all the weird games cool. that that website had. Um but there's like a me- uh there's a lot of different mechanics that can show up in those games. Um, but one thing that would be interesting is like you <laughs> you keep going up to different women like in like in the style of a dating simulator. Like it's like, hey, yeah. welcome to the dating si- like dating simulator twenty twenty three or whatever. Like we'll just name it something generic, and then but it just all the women are like not interested, and so you you start doing different things to like uh, gain their love, which is a mechanic in dating sims. Like you you give them uh you know, flowers, or you, you try different gifts on different women, and nothing's working, and then, you know, the ending is, like, you look in the mirror, and you're like, oh, okay. That's why it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> huh. But 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 that sounds like you um, like you suddenly figure out at the very end, it's like... That's a good point. Maybe you should, like, hints. figure out, figure out how to slow, like, maybe hint, like, give small hints throughout. Right. <laughs> like the woman could actually be saying, "No, you're ugly the whole time," but you're just thinking like, as a dating sim player. Yeah, you just like, yeah. She just, I just failed my <laughs> my actions. I should just try like someone else and try it again. And hmm, uh, that's good. And then um, I was also thinking about this as like. Uh, possibly a multiplayer game where some some people are unattractive, but some people are attractive. But you don't you don't really know what you are. Okay. So I I was picturing like um, instead of trying to like simulate attractive and ugly, ugly people with art, everyone could just have like a number on their face representing one to one hundred, one being very ugly, a hundred being very very attractive. Okay. So you spawn in, and you just, like, spawn into, like, a map. It could be whatever. It could be a forest or, you know, a mall or whatever. And then your goal is to find a mate, but you don't, you don't, know, you don't know what number is on your face. There's no mirrors. So you're, tra- yeah. you're, like, going up to people and being like, hey, how, how are you doing? You know, you're going up to a 65 and asking and them, a, a five. like, <laughs> you want to be my partner? Yeah. And you're a five, and you don't realize... Until like, and then and then there's like a time limit on the game, and then when the t- the time limit reaches ten minutes, if you don't have a partner, you lose, and it plays super sad music. Uh, that's such a depressing game. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, but what what's the name on that one? I have Ugly Sim written down. 
Um, oh, we need to give something that that will lure you in. <laughs> I like the idea. Okay, if if you end up like making it to the end with no partner, I like the idea of playing like a late title card and playing super sad music, and it starts raining, and it just says on the screen "loneliness," and the name of the game is just loneliness. And that's it. And you that's the rain. That that's that's just the game. That's it. But now that I'm thinking about this, if this game had voice control or like uh, the ability to talk to other players, it wouldn't mm-hmm. actually be about being ugly. Potentially, it would, it would also be about like how good you are at convincing other people that they're ugly. What do you Which, mean? Because uh, you would like if you're a five and you're trying to convince a sixty-five to partner up with you, you might be like, "Oh yeah, you're like a you're, you're like, like a seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you're negging. This would turn really quickly into negging simulator, and it wouldn't really be about being ugly. So I think we probably have to take away their ability to have voices. So it's just like a hundred players going around a map, just like trying to pair up voicelessly, just mannequins. Or we could we we could give them full models and and voices. That would be interesting too. But it's going to turn into gaslighting negging city really quickly. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's you could do it. it. We could do it like maybe as more like a speed dating thing. So instead of putting everyone at the same time, at the same like area, you're just putting it, uh, coupling them, you know, one on one, and then they're trying to convince the other one that they're good or whatever. That's good. And then you can have voice and all of that stuff without. Yeah. That that's and that's that game is what's really about just like. Doing as good uh, as you can do. Ugly speed dating. That's the name. <laughs> ugly speed dating. That's the name. Let's move on. All right. Do you have uh, any more listener suggestions? Yeah. Let's see here. So, just a game title. Hear me out. Mooning around. That's it. Okay, mooning around. So, mooning... Is yeah. the activity of showing your butt. Yes, exactly. Okay. And this is, um, I mean, when I was a kid, this was like, oh, you know, a way to prank people. But now, I mean, in 2023, this is like public indecency, and this is uh, problematic and well, it's, counts cancelable. Maybe that's, that's the, the idea. You're You're trying to moon around, but then the cops are running after you. So you're mooning around, and you're like, you're mooning through the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Everyone's like, oh, look at that prankster. And then you make it into the 2000s, and people start looking at you weird and calling the police. And then yeah, it, that's like the backstory. Like the backstory is like you used to do it all the time, and everyone kind of thought it was funny. That's your backstory. And then now you're in modern days, and no one likes that anymore. And it's yeah, illegal. this guy's in jail for sure. <laughs> and then your your goal is to try to moon to as many people as you want. But then the cops are trying to stop you from doing that. That's good. But th- it it's... uh Yeah. This guy... Uh, I feel like as soon as the cops start running after him and he's still mooning around, this guy has turned into a very, very creepy man already. <laughs> he's he's made the turn, his character-wise, you know? Mm. 
So I just want to keep on an eye on that. I don't want to have Ludo narrative dissonance in this game. I want the gameplay to match the story. So when he starts mooning around too much, I want to see on his face like, oh, this man is broken. Like all, all like he's getting something uh, probably sexual out of this mooning at this point. That's unseemly. Mm. I'm trying to think if we can take this title to a completely different way, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's getting creepy where I'm taking. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. So mooning around. So moon. Obviously, something about the moon. Mooning around. Right. Maybe moving the moon or something. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, because we're mooning around. So what if you play as the moon? Now the moon has low gravity on it. So what if yeah. one player's the moon, and then like ten players are playing as people on the moon what can we do with that hmm if you are the moon i was thinking maybe the player is the moon and he controls you know the tides and stuff on earth that's good so you actually somehow do something with the water the oceans and stuff so it's it's asymmetrical co-op and like to get the key I need my friend who's playing as the moon to lower the tide so I can like, oh, look, the key's right here. Yeah, and then maybe you need you needed to go back up to, to reach some other places if you're you are on a boat maybe and then you know, you need to I don't know sail somewhere and you need the high tides or something. Hmm. Yeah, or like it, it couldn't not just tides, but what else can the moon do? Like uh, maybe the human player has to go to the moon, and then at that point, uh, no, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, okay, mooning around. Uh, next <laughs> suggestion. That that's a contender. That could be the game we pick. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, this listener right. has suggested. Yeah. Game. Game where you fart on racists. Okay. Um, okay, so I guess my question is, how do you know someone is racist? Right. That's going to be the core kind of like... Uh, That's the core mechanic the right there. Yeah. Yeah, and the core mechanic. Because you don't want to yeah, fuck on people that are not racist, right? So, right. How do you and know? Mm-hmm. And there's probably, as part of the story, you do end up probably farting on one or two innocent people, and then the main character is going to have to like grapple with the morality of what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of like spec ups the line. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm shooting people the whole game, but then halfway through the game, I'm I question all the violence. But the same thing for farting. Yeah. So how would you know if someone's racist? Perhaps... Um... It can't be easy to tell. I think it's... Mm, okay, it's not necessarily easy to tell, but it's, sometimes it's easy to tell. You know, yeah, I'm just but, going but based off of realism. That, how will that go through uh, on the game? Like, how will you portray that as a gameplay mechanic? I'm not so talking level about... One. Level one is just, like, obvious, like, there's, you know, there's, like, a KKK rally is, like, very clear who's racist and who's not. 
but level 10 it might get really hard to tell the difference and it's like oh this person this politician's dog whistling i got a fart on him and you also it's a, it's a stealth game where you have to it doesn't necessarily have to be racist but just a, the mechanic of farting on someone you don't like or potentially evil people is hey. a good mechanic it's like a stealth game mechanic Mm-hmm. Do you imagine this right. mm-hmm. as a third-person game, or first-person yeah. game, or top-down, or? I was imagining it as a third-person Hitman perspective because not only am I thinking that this is mechanically similar to Hitman in my mind, it's also like important to see, um, your butt kind of line up in different positions. You know what I mean with with the world space? Like you can't do that in first-person. Yeah, that's my yeah. point. That, 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 that's a, that's a given. VR, you but... know. That's a given. You have to see your butt in different angles. You gotta see your butt, yeah. Because the whole mechanic of this game is that you're trying to get close to the racist or bad person and fart and not get caught so that it's plausibly not you. So if you like just walk up and fart and walk away, even on level one at the KKK rally, uh, they're going to be mad. Because they're like, hey, that guy farted on me. He must be not a racist, you know, get him and stuff. So that, that might not even be the any, the easiest level in the world. But, um, yeah, I'm also thinking there could be, like, a button where, depending on how hard you push, it's more powerful. And the more powerful it is, the more likelihood you have of, like, accidental poopy. But also, like, the pro is that you might fart really good. You get extra points for farting really good on them. But also that has the con. There's tons of risk reward, layers and layers of risk reward here, where the con of farting really good is you're more likely to get caught. And maybe you can you can like get power ups and stuff to like make the cloud bigger so you actually fart on multiple people all at once. Yeah. The the power ups are like can of beans, Taco Bell, and stuff like that. And then the the I think the meta for this game overwhelmingly, like by default is going to be get the target into a group of people and do the deed and hope that, you know, the the farting minigame, you don't make any sound too. Because the farting minigame is like an MLB style, like, you know what I'm saying? Like bat swinging minigame, uh, like f- from those MLB video games. Um, like there's like tons of like meters going in every direction. Yeah. And one meter is like how hard you push. And one is like how much you spread the, cheeks so that it doesn't make a noise you, you ever do that just me i think it's just you it's just me okay write in if anyone else does that um yeah okay i think we can move on <laughs> okay <laughs> um you have any suggestions yeah so it's just a, a quick description cleaning up after superhero battles so I'm imagining it like, you know, superheroes battling the, the evil guys, you know, and, you know, causing destruction all over the city during it. And your job is to clean after them. Very good. So this is, this is giving uh, Viscera cleanup duty, which is, that was a game where you were like cleaning up like um, post Doom 3, you were like cleaning up all the blood uh, in a Doom 3 level or something. Um, okay. But this, so this is a game. Similar. This is this, this is a superhero game, 
where you don't necessarily like the superhero. You're mad, you know, you're one of these classic uh, comic book characters that are like, darn it, Superman, you got to stop. You got to stop making a mess. Yeah. It's very, uh, how's the show, that show called? Uh, the Boys vibe. Yeah. The superheroes aren't necessarily just a force for good, and we're cleaning up after them, and we're reassembling. So this is like a SimCity style game. Yeah, it's like cleaning up to them, but yeah, definitely on a larger scale than just sweeping the floor. So we have to hire like a lot of uh, janitors, like teams of of people to clean this up because we need like uh, street cleaners, and then we need architects to you know design the buildings to replace the buildings and so the game about rebuilding society over and over and over and yeah maybe yeah maybe it's kind of a management game where you need to manage your team make sure they they go to the right places do things on time with, within budget and while you're doing that suddenly there's another bother going on in some other area and you're, you're spread thin and just need to try and manage everything and if you're not if you're failing you get fined If you're failing, you get fined. And yeah. uh, so so there's an aspect of this where you could actually control the superheroes, you're saying? No, but, but you're controlling the team of people that are responsible for, I guess, recovering everything, like cleaning, reconstructing, you know, whatever. But there could be, well, but it takes time, right? So while um, you're working on one area that was damaged, all of a sudden, another bug is going on somewhere else, and you need to deal with that as well, and, and everything is happening all at once, and you're kind of spread free, and you need to manage your resources and make sure everything is being done on time. So here's one thing I think might be fun about it, is different superheroes could leave different messes behind. So like yeah. Iceman... He's. We don't necessarily have to rebuild everything. We just gotta figure out how yep. to melt it. Yeah. So maybe at that point we could actually go up to Fireman and be like, "Hey, you made a huge mess in this other area of town where you burnt everything. We're gonna have to completely rebuild that SimCity style." But can at least you could do? Can you like help melt these ice buildings? These ice yeah, it, buildings. So that might be like a. Uh, uh... Like an extra like special skill that you use, you can actually call a different superhero to help clean the mess. And then, but think about that. Maybe there's a very small chance that like this fire guy is coming in, melting all the thing, but then stuff start catching on fire. Stuff start catching on fire, and then you have to manage this guy. Ah. That's a good point. So you're if you using other superheroes to fix the superheroes things is like a big big risk, big reward though. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It could completely it might solve like, it, but like super quickly being solved, or might just actually cause completely different damage. It's true. Um, this could be called uh superhero cleanup duty. Okay, okay, I like that. It's a sequel. We'll get the Viscera people in on it. Anything else you want to say about that one? No, I think that's one of the good ones. It's one of the good ones. And you know what, Dor? I'll say it. You're one of the good ones, too. Aw, thanks. You're welcome. So, here we have a new idea coming in from a listener. Um, 
It says, game that you play in a foreign language, but the foreign language isn't a real language. Can you repeat that again? So a game that you... Yeah, yeah. It says, import game that you play in a foreign language, but the foreign language isn't a real language. So the entire language of the game, everything, all the text, all the voices, or whatever, is mm-hmm. a made-up language. Yeah. Have you ever played like a Have you ever played like a Japanese import game? Yeah, I mean, but that's a real language. So the the difference. That's a real is, language. Yeah. But this one's not. But but you don't know Japanese, do you? No. Okay, so it's it's basically the same experience of like getting a Japanese import game, but you can't cheat by knowing Japanese. Yeah. So I remember playing some older Pokemon games before they came out in English. I was playing them, uh, and I the, 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 the only reason I could play I I managed to play them. I just tried every single option and then remembered the symbols without really knowing what they're saying. <laughs> so it could yeah, be kind I, of the same thing. Yes. So that's there. The gameplay is all about knowing what men. It's basically an RPG, but you have to figure out what menus are what in this completely meaningless language or it could actually have a meaning but it's a fictional language so it, yeah. we have the choice of we it could be like klingon where it's actually like a real language under the hood or it could just be a completely fake language that is just gibberish and just looks like language but it's just gibberish but either yeah. way it's a little bit same thing like that most of the time you're pattern matching and you're saying like okay this letter i i think i figured out this means okay and so and this means back, and this means potion, and you start keeping uh, a diary in real life of that. Yeah, so I was thinking maybe not in real life, but I was thinking maybe a somewhat mechanic similar to what No Man's Sky has, where you're slowly discovering the alien language, That's like throughout too. the game. So maybe throughout the game, you're slowly uncovering this fictional language and what it actually means. Um, but maybe you're not really doing it by by necessary gameplay mechanic, like you mentioned. Maybe you're trying to figure it out yourself, but then you can like go to like a specific menu in the game, which is also in foreign language, so you're not sure how to get there. <laughs> but if you do get there, you can actually like, hey, I want to. F- I think this word means that, and then if you are successful, then that word's being added, and and from there on out, it will appear as a proper English word. But you ha- you have to figure it out. It doesn't like just automatically being exposed to you throughout the game. Yes. Um, that's good. Okay, what's the name for that one, though? Uh, we could call it Mooning Around. <laughs> what? We could call it Mooning Around. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, sure late, but okay. Um, oh, um, the the name of this, the name would probably be like a bunch of weird characters that. So the like, name is also yeah. in the foreign language, and you discover the name <laughs> of the game only at the very end. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying to think ever. of other ways. This is. I, I'm trying to think of other ways to like, uh, shock the player using this, using just the confusion about what the language even means. So, like for example, um. You see two characters talking. They could be talking about anything. Yeah. And you don't know. So you could see a mother and a son talking, and you assume they're talking about 
oh, the son's going to leave home for the first time, like the opening scene in Pokemon. But in reality, they're talking about something completely different and very shocking. And only later do you put the pieces together to realize that your mom was telling you the biggest secret ever, which is that you own Walmart. You own, you're, uh, you inherited Walmart. Okay. And then like, later you, you're yeah. like, you see yourself in a Walmart CEO's office and you're like, what is going on? What did this, what happened in the story? But yeah. Shocking. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the title of the game, which no one will know until the very end, will be the CEO of Walmart. Yep. But, that, but no one knows about it until they, they finish the game and then that, that language is revealed. That's good. <laughs> Alrighty. I think we got there with that one. Um, do, do you have any more listener suggestions? Yeah. So, a game about uh, telephone customer service. So, you're answering the phone as a customer service representative. This is good. And you need to deal with it, I guess. In, you know, like people shouting at you, people complaining, people just need some stuff. I don't know. It's mo- it's like, uh, do you know paper, please? Pa- yes. Paper, please. Or I think there's another game kind of similar in that aspect. So kind of like that. So like, you know, you get a, a different customer each time and you need to handle it to the best of your ability. Yes, this is genius. So I, I'm going to ask chat.openai.com. I'm going to ask him, uh, act like a customer at a call center um, who is angry about not getting a refund on Pokemon cards. Okay. So I can't believe this. I sent my Pokemon cards in for refund, and you guys are telling me there's nothing you can do? I've been a loyal customer for years, and this is how you treat me? I demand to speak to a manager right now. I want my money back, and I want it now. And then, so I'm thinking this, we could actually, like, incorporate the OpenAI API into this game. So it just, like, picks a random thing, a random situation, generates um, an angry customer, and then you have to be like, Let's give a bad response. You don't deserve Pokemon cards, you know. And then, and then I'll ask it rate that, uh, rate this response one to ten in terms of professionalism. Yes, I think like I think the goal, like taking that example that you just uh, put in for the Pokemon cards. Like that customer wanting refund and, and wanting to speak to manager. So your goal is to not let him speak to the manager and not yeah. give him his money back. But also, but see, I just asked, I just asked OpenAI. I said, you don't deserve Pokemon cards. Rate this response one to ten in terms of professionalism, and it came back and said it would rate it a one out of ten in terms of professionalism. Explained all the reasons why. So you have to keep you have to keep it professional while you're telling them that they can't have these things. Yeah, yeah, you need to to like not give them what they want while still making them happy somehow. 
Yeah, if you can make them happy, that's good. And then if you cannot be, you'll be rated on professionalism, customer satisfaction. Probably the easiest way to do this would, you could just lie to the person and be like, yeah, okay, you can have the Pokemon cards and they'll be super happy. But then you, but then we'll detect that and we'll say negative 10 points because now your manager is actually angry. Unless they're not. Yeah, they're so you're not allowed scenarios. to like di- directly lie to them. Your only options are to like do some kind of, you know, talk them around the, the subject or something without directly lying to them, but still somehow keeping them like satisfied with the, you know, ending the call satisfied, I guess, somehow. Yeah. So if, if I tell them, oh, you're right, this is a horrible situation, you should write a letter to, you know, our corporate office, and then that way I don't bother my manager, and they just are going to throw away the letter at corporate, and everyone's happy. He feels like I listened to him. That would be yeah. a very good meta. Yeah, yeah, something Strong like chat. that. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of, the, one of the customers, wait, one of the customers comes in and says, this game sucks. I'm gonna refund. Yeah. Whoa. It breaks the fourth wall. You're telling me. Yeah. And then you need to figure out how to make him happy at the very end. Whoa. Mind and wrong. we could actually hook that up to other really actually unhappy customers, so we can exactly. get the use the Steam API to take like negative reviews, and then kind of where those developers have like the developer response in the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is hilarious, <laughs> but um, we we should automatically generate the developer response based on that very last level of the game. Yeah, yeah. So that That's makes perfect. perfect sense. It's not even mm-hmm. using AI at that point. It's just using the Steamworks API. Yeah. So um, that's good. And what I'm also. Mm-hmm. Hey, go ahead. Mm-hmm. It could be call center X. Okay. Okay. That's and a, uh, I also think there's room for like a call center X, like third person game. That's different than it's like more like Gravedigger Sim style. Like we can have that studio after they're done with Gravedigger Sim come in and make a call center sim. There's like a third person. You work in a call center. There's dialogue trees. Like how how Rockstar would make a call center game to some degree mm-hmm. if they were forced to like not do any violence like like how like for one game uh the head of rockstar came in and was like we're doing ping pong one time and they were like what no guns okay and they did like a really hd ping pong that had like no violence or silliness in it at all mm-hmm. they're they're gonna do that too with the call center x and it's gonna be a call center sim but it's gonna be like in the rage engine and just very hd and next gen. So either the answer you call, you're also like walking around the office, like dealing with coworkers and stuff. Right, exactly. So you have your name is whatever, Samantha, and you're gonna talk to your coworkers, and there's different stuff going on, like you know, there's um an office party, or maybe you you might have to fight to get a raise. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if you you fail persuading one of the customers to not call the manager, you actually have to go to the manager and you go to his office and he shouts at you, hey, don't call me, whatever. Yeah. That's a good... This is a good version of Call Center X, too. So we could... 
We could literally call this the the AI version will be called Call Center X, and then the other the third person version will call it Call Center X dash two, kind of like Final Fantasy X. Oh, call Recall Center. Oh, Total Recall Center X dash two. I'll write that. Yeah. It's it's re re dash call. It's important the spelling. Uh huh. Anyways, um, we have another listener suggestion here. Um. Okie dokie. This one this one had two listener suggestions together. Okay. One of them says Bongcraft and then the second one says World of Bongcraft. And then it just says underneath these are two diff- very different games. Okay. So I I don't do drugs, but I am fascinated with bongs because um you know, you can go into the stores and then look at them uh so i think bongcraft you're probably like creating a very elaborate bong that's like you're trying to you know create like the biggest hit of marijuana in the world and then like connecting tubes together and stuff and all the attachments that are involved in these if you've ever gone into these stores but um, World of Bonecraft probably is a completely different game. Mm-hmm. So you're suggesting the first one is is sort of like a puzzle game. I think it's like a Minecraft, but with but you're instead of like creating a bigger and bigger house, you're creating a bigger and bigger bong. Okay, so it's it's an open-ended game. There's no goal. You just try to, to, to the, the extent one. Minecraft is. Because in Minecraft, you open another portal. Yeah, but that, you know, I'm thinking it's, about it's... OG Minecraft that had no goal to begin with. They added that later. But So what do you imagine the goal will be? If you do... Well, mm-hmm. so what do you think? Because I, I have something specific in mind that's like, in, in, in Minecraft, in vanilla Minecraft right now, you end up opening another portal into the nether, and then you eventually defeat the ender dragon and that's like equivalent to beating the game yeah uh speed run complete Mm -hmm. um it's not unreasonable to think that you might get so high that you open up a portal into another dimension and in the fiction of this game yeah i like that but then what like what's your ender dragon equivalent in this case uh, it gets super high, and o- a portal opens up. You go through it, and then uh, you go through it, and then yeah, I'm, I need help with this one. What, okay, is, so... what, what is the stoner's worst nightmare? Probably not having food. Okay, so, so it's like a really long line at Taco Bell. <laughs> um. So maybe wait. yeah. So as soon as you as soon as you go through the portal, your hunger meter starts going down very very fast, and your goal is 
to reach some food maybe before the time runs out. And it's maybe yeah, some sort of maybe like a jumping puzzle while you're high. So the screen, everything is like moving around and you're like, you know, like all other games are doing this kind of high effect. Which kind of do shaders. Yeah. But while while everything, all that going on, you have this like jumping puzzle that you need to go through to get to the end, which is just some very tasty meal that you want to get. But it's time. It's time because your hunger meter goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the theme of this podcast, that's all great, by the way. Um, the theme of this podcast has been risk reward. I I think there could be a risk reward in terms of how high you are. That okay. like, you probably in this game get points for being high all the time, and then, but that puts more and more shaders on your screen, and then it, that makes the platforming harder and harder. So you can't get to the next next piece of your bong. And bongs can sh- break too. These are made out of glass. Yeah. So you might have to craft new ones all the time as part of your progression. Hmm. Okay. So that's good. But then that just leaves open the question of world of Bungcraft. Yeah. So obviously this needs to be an MMO. Exactly. Um maybe where people craft bunks together? Somehow? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, although okay, I feel like to make this first we need to make Bungcraft 3, which Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Uh th- this gets into Harry territory with the naming of Bonecraft versus Bonecraft 3, but let's just assume Bonecraft is a Minecraft. Bonecraft 3 is Warcraft 3. And then World of Bonecraft is the World of Warcraft equivalent. Mm-hmm. And Blizzard is going to make all of this, I think. Of course. Except, no, we're going to get Mojang Mo Yang to make... Uh, just, yeah, Bonecraft. to make Bonecraft. Yeah, and then World of Bonecraft will be The made. other two are mm-hmm. Blizzard. Yep. And so... Uh, it's probably like bongs are magic. Probably like a wizard world where bongs are magic, and um, or or it could be like you're trying to you're trying to avoid the cops. Okay. And so the, like half instead of horde versus alliance, it's cops versus stoners, and you're trying to you're just trying to get as high as possible with while avoiding the police. Okay, so maybe because it's multiplayer, maybe some players are playing this stoners, maybe some players are playing yeah. the cops. Yeah, it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, for the horde, it's like, for the cops! Yeah. <laughs> the cops the are bombs. evil, by the way. Yeah. Not in real life, I'm saying in the game. Yeah. <laughs> but in real life, draw your own conclusions, you know. <laughs> do your own research. <laughs> I'm not All here right. to tell you what to think. Yeah. But I think we got there on World of Bunkcraft. Um, do you see any other good suggestions? Yeah, I have one. Just a game about a turtle. That's mm. that's all they gave us. They just gave us turtle. So, um, yeah. Mario Brothers. You're often stepping on turtles and they're sliding around. Yes. That is not how turtles work in reality. We're a realism-based company, but... It's interesting to think like what was Miyamoto thinking when he made it when he made turtles start sliding around like that cuz that's not how they, that's not how they are unless you're on an ice unless you jump on a turtle on ice and if you jump on a turtle you sick fuck Mario what the hell stop jumping on turtles first of all yeah yeah like Mario like listen if you walk into a turtle and it bites you 
It's called You Got Too Close to Nature and You Shouldn't Be Petting Turtles, Wild Turtles. And it's called Minding Your Own Business. And jumping on a turtle is called You're a Psychopath. And yeah. I'm just putting this out there. Yeah, I agree with that. So... Um, hmm. Okay, so maybe a you're you're a turtle and you're trying to avoid being stumped by Mario. We're avoiding being stumped by Mario, but can we get revenge on Mario at this point? Because I'm kind of pissed. Yeah, maybe maybe that's your like that's like the end game. Towards the end, you're getting somehow I don't know how. Uh, somehow you're getting revenge on him at the very end. Yes. Yeah, he's the Bowser of this game. Yeah. Exactly. But okay. Okay, so let's imagine the 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 gameplay for a second. Um So you're a turtle. This is uh for, are you imagining this as third person or first person? Uh I'm imagining we get Nintendo in on this and it's third person mostly cartoonish style but with like a little bit of an edge, kind of like how Metroid has a little bit of violence. Like this is going to have a gritty edge to it. Where like the opening okay. cutscene is like, oh, we're all happy turtles, da 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 da, and you're walking around, ba 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 ba, you know, like they do that from the DS game. They're doing the little yeah. dance that they're doing and completely minding their own business. And I have my family of turtles, and then you just see a man, fat plumber. Yeah, you see, you just see like a huge shadow above you. Yeah, which is the, just the a circular shadow. Come, yeah, exactly. Coming at you, and then all of a sudden, one of your family is being squashed, and you're like, "It's one of them." It's and it's even worse than them getting squashed individually in front of your eyes. It's one of them gets squashed and then squashed again, and he goes sliding and squashes the rest of your family, and you're sitting there crying as they just like fall off the screen. Yeah, and um. Mario just goes, ah, I'm a Mario, and goes away, and makes all Italians look bad. And then, and not that I have anything against them, it's just like, it's it's about Mario and like the horrible things yeah. he's doing. And um, and somehow you survive this whole thing, and then you're you want revenge. You want revenge. You want revenge. You survive it. Maybe you were just on a platform that he didn't happen to go to because there was less coins. <laughs> and you want revenge. And so your mechanic, at that point, it becomes like a, a Nintendo Switch era third-person turtle controlling game where you play as a turtle. You Are, are these Koopas? Is this the same thing as a Koopa? I, I don't know. know. I think the Koopas are the those weird creatures with the kind of weirdly shaped heads or is or those gotcha. the the mushroom people i don't remember i can't remember <laughs> but but you you're you're basically just a turtle either way and then you you have the ability to use that sliding thing that in in mario kart they're always like using parts of your body to slide around or like or there might even be full turtles inside inside of those mario kart ones it's like a dark question to ask that but um yeah, like you can use the sliding to attack, and what what you're attacking is normally what's perceived as the good guys in Nintendo fandom, the yeah. the the Toads, the Yoshi's, 
the peaches and eventually you're making your way to Mario to slide into him and, and kill him. And I, at that point, it could be interesting to have asymmetrical competitive multiplayer, whereas like one person's Mario and one person is like potentially an army of turtles and you're like spawning different turtles out. You're like commanding turtles into different places on the platformer. Like it becomes a 2D platformer. I don't know. I'm just thinking, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I just, what you mentioned of like finding all the, like the good guys uh, of Nintendo uh, reminded me of a game uh, called, I don't know if you played it, Blip and Blop Balls of Steel. Are you familiar with that? I, I'm not. Oh my God. Looking it up. This sounds important. Oh my God. It's a 2D scroller shooter kind of thing where you're basically finding multiple good guys from pop culture, I guess. Um, it's amazing and, and difficult. It's not an easy game for sure. It's amazing. And it came out like years and it's like, I don't know, 20 years ago, whatever. I, I see Smurfs, I see yeah. Pikachu, and they look the good guys look evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you you're fighting um Smurfs, you're fighting Care Bears, you're fighting I don't remember, like it's it's great. <laughs> it's great. So that that's what it reminded me of when you said like you're actually like all the, the supposedly good guys of Nintendo are actually bad and you're try you're getting revenge on all of them. And the final boss is Mario. Um, the yeah. final boss is Mario. And yeah. um, we could call this... Uh, I don't know what to call this. Koopa... Wait, let me Google what a Koopa Super, is first. Super Mario Revenge of the Turtle. That's it. Okay, a, a Koopa Troopa is this turtle thing. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it's the other one. It's, it's a race that includes Bowser, King of the Koopas, the Koopalings... I don't care about this. I, I okay, because this is making me Hammer Bro is also a turtle. It's so making me rethink it. my critique of Mario, but if he's not just a regular turtle, because if this is like a sentient turtle that's like part of Bowser's army, then I guess it's okay to step on him. So I apologize in advance to all Nintendo fans, but I think this is it's still like maybe there's reasons that he's part of Bowser's army, you know. Like, that's yeah. part of the society he was raised in, and he was just, like, walking around, marching around the screen before Mario walked up. Uh -huh. Basically minding so, his own business, so. So, Super Mario Bros. Revenge of the Koopa. That's good. Or Super... How about Super Koopa Bros? Okay. Uh, which also, apparently, there's a character named Koopa Bros, or two characters named that. So, that they, they could be the main characters, and it's Super Koopa Bros. Uh... Uh... It's just Super Koopa Bros. And yeah, Revenge on Mario. Col colon Revenge on Mario. Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, the only question we have left is, would you like to, for the uh, publisher pitch, would you like to go with Gravedigger Simulator, Ugly Speed Dating, Mooning Around, the CEO of Walmart, Total Recall Center X2, Bongcraft, World of Bongcraft, Super Koopa Bros. What are you feeling? Huh. Mmm. Yeah. We have a plethora of ideas to choose yeah, from. Yeah, I think the, the Total Recall uh, X2 for sure. Okay. 
And, like and should we should we focus on um, the third person version of that, or the kind of the AI Chat GPT version of that, or should we combine them, or do uh, both of them, or something? I think we can start with the original one, which is like two D more one with Chat GPT, yeah. and then then we need a sequel or DLC uh, where you move on to the third person. Sounds great. Listeners can send in their game ideas to garbagebike at gmail.com. Dor, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, no. Thank you. Had fun. I had fun, too. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.